0: Have you ever thrown a dinner party for people with pretty specific dietary restrictions?
1: No, I don't have such friends. I eliminate them from my friend group.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Literally friendships made or broken, depending on what people eat.
1: Yeah, you're vegan, get out of here. Anyway, continue. No. Goodness,
0: that actually doesn't surprise me from you. You're listening to Dinner SOS, a new show from Bon Appetit, where we help our listeners solve their dinner emergencies. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Here's how the show works. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem. And I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. No problem is too big or too small. And this week, listener Neha called in asking for some help creating a menu with some pretty strict parameters. So my colleague Shilpa Uskokovic and I are going to help her. We'll each give Neha a recipe, but she can only choose one. And it's not like it's a competition, okay? (laughs) Okay. But I think the important (laughs) thing to explore here is like two different solutions to the same problem. Two solutions, but our caller only needs one. That's this week on Dinner S.O.S. First up, we hear from Neha. So talk to me about what is going on with dinner.
2: So I have a huge um, dinner party conundrum that I just like, I can't wrap my head around. Um, I have a dinner party coming up on Friday. So in a few days, Um, there will be six of us, including myself. And there are just so many dietary restrictions that are overlapping. And I just... I can't figure out what to serve besides water soup at this point. So, we have um, my husband who has severe allergies to all nuts. So, anything nutty, um, peanuts, um, and also sesame are off the um, table, pun, not intended. Um, That's really easy for me to work around. We've been doing that. We cook a lot. So, it's super easy. But we have another guest um, who, for religious reasons, cannot have any alliums. So, no garlic, no. onions, shallots, leeks, anything of, the, of that nature, um, completely off limits. And I want her to feel comfortable. So I'm trying to see if I can do something that doesn't include um, alliums, which is difficult because I put like five cloves of garlic in everything. So it's <laughs> definitely new territory. Yeah.
0: Like if there's an opportunity to put like two alliums in something, that's sort of what I do.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. Like, and then there's more, oh, which is fun God. and exciting. <laughs> so she's also vegetarian and we have other guests that are vegetarian leaning. So a vegetarian menu um is also a requirement. And then last but not least, another guest has that um cilantro soap gene. Oh yeah. Um thing. So no fresh cilantro.
0: I don't know. Um, they say that that's like a genetic thing and it's not somebody's fault for not being into cilantro, but it just sort of <laughs> feels like it is their fault. It's hard.
2: It's difficult. Yeah. I'm like just, <laughs> You don't like the soap taste. I mean, just, you know, you can get used to that. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Let's back up for a sec, Neha. So sure. where do you live? Like, what is your cooking setup and If you didn't have any restrictions, Mm -hmm. what would your MO be in terms of what you'd make on like an average weeknight?
2: On average weeknight, um, we get pretty creative. Like we usually make like tagine or we'll do like on a very lazy night, like some sort of salmon with like sweet potatoes and broccoli. Um, Like for a dinner party like this, I was initially thinking like, Tacos in some way, like mm. fancied up um, with some like good sides. Um, I was actually thinking about making like a risotto with like maybe some like focaccia or like some sort of salad. Um, usually I I um, will, like try and find new recipes and hunt things down, but I've been coming across a lot of uh, blockers here. But as far uh-huh. as the original question, I live in the Bay Area um, and I have a nice sizable kitchen um, and a lot of different tools at my disposal. So Nothing is restrictive that way.
0: So, so you said San Francisco Bay Area. And what kind of places are you shopping in?
2: We usually go to one supermarket that's really close by. It's like Lucky's Safeway type of place. Um, we do have a Whole Foods near us as well. Um, and that's about it. But we do have other restaurants, like farmers markets and stuff, at our disposal as well. We don't go there very often, but um, like I'm very open to going there if they have an ingredient that it, like Lucky's doesn't have.
0: Okay. And when you lean on recipes for inspiration, like where are you sourcing those from?
2: Normally, I look a lot at Bon Appetit and also New York Times cooking. That's okay. like my, my usual go-tos. Yeah.
0: The enemy. It's okay. I forgive <laughs> you. <laughs> when you said water soup, you know, m- might be a realistic <laughs> option here. I thought you were joking, but you might have been onto something. <laughs> Okay. So what I want to do is I want to, you know, turn to some of my colleagues, think through Mm -hmm. somebody who might be ideally placed to, you know, kind of help us in this quest to figure out what to make for dinner. And I think like that... You know, in life, that is sort of the ultimate question. And that's the question that I'm constantly faced with, even just cooking for my own family. And Mm -hmm. you have like layers upon layers of restrictions (laughs) here that I think present such like a fascinating and difficult labyrinth of a problem. Mm -hmm. But I feel good that we will be able to come up with something here to help you out. And, yeah, I was just like laughing to myself because Alliums, to me, like especially when you're in that kind of like needing to cook meatless. This needing to find some way mm-hmm. to allow like vegetables to really kind of like get very deep and savory and really power your cooking. That mm-hmm. is like kind of like back pocket crutch, if anything. So exactly. this is um this is gonna be a tricky one. <laughs> I like it.
2: Okay, I'm so glad. I'm glad it's exciting for you instead of like stumping, which no. is where I'm
0: at. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, listen, like, you know, in the pandemic, like honestly, we stopped having people over. Like this was a yeah. non-issue for the last like two years, really. You know, like it wasn't like mm-hmm. we all kind of like got a freebie, like we all got a pass, but I feel like your your number just got called in a big way. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it. you're about to get, like, right back into the saddle in terms of hosting people and, like, all the, the good and, you know, challenging things that that might imply. Yeah. So Like I said, I'm going to search through the Rolodex of people who might be able to help us out here. And we're going to come back to you with at least a couple of proposals and you will be able to choose, you know, what makes the most sense to you. You know, we hope you will, you know, follow it through and then we'd love to hear about how it goes. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. And I want to say you're in good hands and we will get back to you. Okay.
2: So excited. Thank you so much.
0: Pleasure. Thanks. After I spoke with Neha, I went up to the 35th floor to the Bon Appetit test kitchen to find Shilpa. We're in the test kitchen, so it's a little bit loud and clangy. We've got a lot of people testing recipes down here today, but I pulled Shilpa aside just to chat through Neha's problem. Shilpa is a food editor, which at a food magazine means she writes and edits recipes. But she also worked for years in professional kitchens and knows all about having to cater to finicky customers. And that's why I thought she'd be the perfect person to tackle this dinner emergency. So we've got a group of six people coming over. This Friday, we have one person who is highly allergic to nuts, including sesame. We have somebody who cannot eat any alliums under any circumstances. <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> oh, your face. Your <laughs> no, that's face. Like... <laughs> um, I think that's we
1: funny.
0: have a vegetarian.
1: Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's easy.
0: And then we have somebody who does not like cilantro. So here's the deal. What can we suggest for her? You know, I was thinking about a couple things in the like baked feta huh? space. I feel like we have an Ottolenghi recipe on the website that's like feta baked on top of like rice with maybe some like pomegranate and maybe we could punch it up with some like really fun festoony kind of herbs. And I think it's important to give people options, right? Because not everybody might be up for, you know, the solution that we might propose or one person might propose. So think about what we can do. So... Can I use your computer? Because the podcast people are holding my hostage right now.
1: Oh, are you not supposed to research and you're cheating here? Oh, no, 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 (laughs) it's okay. okay.
0: We're, (laughs) I'm allowed to like look at things here. Baked minty rice with feta and pomegranate relish by Yotam Ottolenghi from 2015. This is what I was remembering. So basically it's a hands-off oven technique for baked rice Mm. that you then top with feta And I think you broil it, so it gets like a little bit Mm, of like texture. And then you top it with, you know, pomegranate, arils, walnuts, mint. We'll mix the walnuts. Yeah. What I love about this is like, you know, it's like, aside from like the nuts, like you've got some olives in there. There's some garlic, but I think we can maybe offer a sub for the garlic or just some other way of like getting a little bit of like oomph. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but what do you think? Like what would you what would you propose? What would be your way in for Neha? Shilpa is furiously typing. <laughs> There's like I'm trying to intensity. find Sarah's
1: recipes. <laughs> because Sarah's vegetarian. Yes. So that's always a good in.
0: Our former colleague Sarah Jampel has a really really phenomenal way with vegetables and with veg forward cooking and she's created like a lot of really great weeknight dinners for us.
1: Yes. And actually she has a recipe which I think would really work well, which is her weeknight fancy. The Uh, ravioli?
0: I was just thinking about that.
1: Yeah. I think that would be good.
0: Cheese. Yes. Um, Any nuts in there?
1: It does have raw pistachios or walnuts, but I think that can be easily worked around by just using breadcrumbs, like toasted breadcrumbs instead. To give it that body and specifically toasted, so it has that same nutty quality.
0: That's not bad.
1: I think that's a good actually. That, that we literally that checks call all that
0: weeknight fancy. All right. So, all right. but you're all in on weeknight fancy ravioli.
1: Yeah, that would be my pick actually for a recipe that doesn't require a lot of reimagining. I think this is a good one. Okay. And it's, it doesn't matter what level or skill of cook you are. I think you can make it happen.
0: Okay, yeah. I love this. So Shilpa and I both found recipes we think should work for Neha's dinner party.
1: I chose a weeknight fancy ravioli with creamy peas from Sarah Jampel. This dish leans heavily on store-bought pasta, and even though Neha will have to take out the nuts, it'll still be fantastic. I suggested swapping out the nuts for some crispy breadcrumbs to bring in some texture.
0: And I chose baked minty rice with feta and pomegranate relish from Yotam Ottolenghi. Instead of garlic, Shilpa suggested Neha try a pinch of hang. And I thought a dash of soy sauce would add some real depth. Some simple roasted veg on the side along with a swoosh of salted yogurt could really bring the house down. Next, our producers will share these recipes with Neha. She'll choose one to make and record some voice memos along the way to document the process. After the break, we'll get Neha back on the line to find out what she made and how it went. Right, Shilpa, we're back together again, this time in the studio, and I'm ready to find out what Neha made. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm really curious. I think there were quite a few challenges to the restrictions that were there, so I'm really curious to see how things worked out. Yeah, let's find out.
2: <laughs> All right, so today is Friday, and I'm going to start prepping everything probably in a few hours um, before my guests get here. As far as which recipe I went with, um, I actually ended up going back and forth a lot between the two. But as I was thinking about it more over the past few days, I started gravitating a bit more towards the minty rice with feta and pomegranate. I was honestly a little unsure about this one.
0: There it is.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) Interesting
0: choices. I love, I mean, listen, like Shilpa said, you know, it's like, is it a competition? Is it not a competition? Who's to say? But before we hear from Neha about how it went, I want to quickly explain how to make baked minty rice with feta and pomegranate relish. This dish has two main steps. The first is making pomegranate relish. This process involves toasting the walnuts in the oven and combining them with a mix of pomegranate seeds, olives, oil, mint, parsley, pomegranate molasses, and garlic. The second part of the recipe is cooking the rice in the oven, then layering slabs of feta cheese on top and broiling them until toasted before serving with the pomegranate relish. So, Neha, what went into your choice and how did you land where you ended up?
2: Yeah, so um, I was very much like, oh, this one's like the ravioli seems easy. Definitely going to be a crowd pleaser. No ambiguities about people liking cheese and pasta, you know very safe choice. Um, and actually was something I was I like was gonna make earlier anyways, like when I was looking up recipes. So I was like, oh maybe this is a sign. And then as I started looking more at the rice dish, um the thing that was stumping me was I just couldn't figure out what it was going to taste like exactly, which may seem silly because I tend to kind of experiment with the flavors, but I was like, I don't know, like olives and the mint and the pomegranate, like there's a lot going on. I don't know how, what to expect and what to pair it with that will work with it. Mm. Well, Um, even with the suggestions of the veggies, I was like, I, I just can't wrap my mind around it. But I think what made me finally choose that dish was because, well, I think the reason I even like wrote in and was curious about what to make was I wanted to do something that wasn't safe, that wasn't usual, that would kind of expose everybody to something different. I think like I personally cook with a lot of allergies in mind because of my husband's restrictions and I tend to eat vegetarian and there isn't a lot of overlap between those two diets usually. And so like, I don't want to restrict my life to just eating like marinara sauce and like canned spaghetti stuff every day. And so I'm always like experimenting and really trying to push the envelope and like find new cool flavors. And this kind of just felt like it was in line with what I was actually looking for. um, When I asked all of you for help so I decided to just do it and go for it.
0: Well, you you tried something new and that's not easy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the, the ravioli sat very much within like your comfort zone, right? And mm-hmm. the, the baked rice was a little bit of a stretch, at least like conceptually, if not actually in terms of execution. But yeah. tell me, like, how did it go? Like, how was your experience of making it? Like, how did it go over with your guests?
2: Yeah, definitely. So... Actually making it was really simple. I, like As far as like a dinner party recipe, it was great because I was able to prep so much of it ahead of time. So that was really nice. And what I planned to do was just kind of throw it in the oven as my guests were getting there, just so it could be like a fresh dish um, that I serve them a half an hour after they arrived. Um I did run into issues because I am notoriously bad at cooking rice. I can relate.
0: <laughs> and we actually have a voice memo that Neha taped from this moment. Let's give it a quick listen.
2: As expected, I just kind of messed up the rice. Um I checked the timer at 30 minutes the rice is supposed to bake in the oven for 30 minutes and it's supposed to be done. And I looked and it was not cooked at all. And I realized I had skipped over the walnut step because I wasn't using any nuts and set the oven to 350, not realizing that at the end of the step with the walnuts, you're supposed to crank it up to, I think it was 400. So we are going to up the temperature and then just kind of watch it and check it in 10 minutes and hope for the best. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I reset myself up for this one.
0: Rice has humiliated even the greatest of chefs on occasion.
2: It was it was kind of a it ended up being like a fun experience cuz we're all just like panicking, like at at this point all my <laughs> guests were there and we were like what do we do? Do we start this <laughs> over? Like like, oh no, I just, I should have expected this. And we managed to just like calmly collect ourselves and just be like, you know what? We're gonna- Just like keep it going. Raise the temperature. Yes. Keep it going. Um, Like give another 10 minutes and it worked. It was like perfectly cooked and everything was fine. So crisis was averted and that was awesome. I, I did get some like, oh, like this would be good for next time recommendations. Like one mm-hmm. was keep the mint, the cooked mint in there. Like that was, people love that. So maybe like chop it up, keep it, like mixed in some way in the rice. Um, The feta was also really good. They were like more feta, more relish. Like we just want more of everything instead of having like, I think it was like uh, just like the six or seven slices of feta I put on top. Everybody was like digging around for the cheese. So Mm -hmm. they were like, just cover the whole thing in feta and like a lot more relish. Surprisingly, the pomegranate wasn't a huge hit, but they liked the pomegranate molasses. It was not a huge hit, but The arrows themselves- yeah, I think it was because I used frozen pomegranate. I couldn't find fresh. So, it's really
0: serious. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Shilpa's like giving me the, huh, face.
1: <laughs> I was like cringing immediately.
0: <laughs> well, I think, Neha, you stumbled onto, and Shilpa, I, I want you to jump in here because I want your perspective, okay? Like, you stumbled onto, I think, like the core tenet that like every cook, no matter who you're cooking for, has to live by, which is don't panic. And that <laughs> yeah. 95% of the time, you can almost always course correct. You keep something cooking a little bit longer yep. or you make an adjustment. But not freaking out is step one and you freaking nailed it.
1: Yeah, I'm – yeah, I'm actually – when I heard your story and then choosing a rice dish when you claim that you can cook rice, like I would <laughs> never. I mean, I – Mad respect. Yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, your your guests sound like a fun bunch who are grazing on the mint leaves. Um, that's always that's always good when you have you know guests who can understand and they're uh, chill with it. I agree, Chris. Not panicking is is a big thing. Ninety percent. I've of the been game. there before. Oh yeah, <laughs> where I'm like, oh my god, and chasing my own tail. But here's the thing: half the time, I know this is going to sound weird, but half the time, people don't know something is wrong or bad unless you point mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't have to.
0: The range of kind of possible outcomes, you know, uh, uh, is another <laughs> kind of thing that I think you stumbled into, which is that, you know, you can bake the rice for one hour at 350 or you can bake it for 30, 40 minutes at 450, you know, like there's a range of outcomes and there's kind of a range of methodologies to get to a specific endpoint. I mean, I think just trusting your instincts, you know, is is a big part of it.
2: I agree. Yeah.
0: Was there anything else ingredient-wise or in terms of what you might have served with it that kind of gave you trouble or anything else?
2: Um, let me let me think. So, I didn't even miss the garlic in the rice dish. Like, I didn't even realize.
0: Did you use a dash of soy? Or mm-hmm. hang by any chance.
2: Yeah. So I actually had hang and it's, did you? My, I, I didn't want to use it just in case I use it incorrectly. So I used the soy instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I, that, that's a very like, that's an ingredient I'm not super comfortable with. So huh. decided oh, to go with soy. Yeah. Fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah. And let me just like pause and say like the fact that you actually did it, I'm still <laughs> sitting here just like in quiet awe of the fact that, you know, we had our conversation exactly a week ago. I think I grabbed Shilpa that afternoon. I um, was <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay.
1: Is that what's happening?
0: <laughs> um, Shilpa was like like sitting there like thumbing through her calendar like, yeah, I could fit you in sometime <laughs> October. I was like, yeah, how about now? Um, and then by that Friday, Friday night, Saturday night, you were doing this and sourcing the ingredients and trying something new. And, um, and, you know, just, yeah, I, I think that's just, that's kind of what it's all about. And I just want to say like how cool it is that you did it.
2: Yeah. And it was equally as cool to have two like very um, respected chefs, and cooks and culinary masterminds helped me out. So that and, was And you had us really
0: too. So that's great.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Well, it was it was amazing. And I think Neha, you were willing to take that risk. And you went with the flow and you figured out things that you can substitute and you know what worked and what didn't. And to me that's that's the takeaway from all of this. Being willing to do things. That's what makes cooking fun and interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> definitely.
0: Well, Neha, thank you so much again for this. Um, I, yeah, it's just incredible that we made this happen so quickly and and you did it. So thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And thank you so much for your help. Really, really appreciated it.
0: If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at podcasts at bon or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, weeknight fancy ravioli and the baked feta, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast, just search Epicurious in the app store and download today. The recipes are also linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Skolkovich. Michelle O'Brien is our producer. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Jennifer Nelson and Amar Lal are our engineers. Special thanks to Mie Hirschfield for engineering support. Next week, how to attempt an ambitious baking project in a tiny kitchen.
2: Sometimes I do feel like I'm like in a like galley, just like right. you know, like it's getting hot in there, and we're like you know, behind like Yes, (laughs) yes
1: chef kind of vibes. Like it's fun, it's like the energy, but like it turns it can turn into chaos real quick.
0: (laughs) I was like, hey Shilpa, is it okay if I record a conversation with you? And she was like, but what if I curse? Where is this coming from? And you said your parents don't know that you curse? Like, they don't know that I wear lipstick and drink with my friends and curse and smoke
1: cigarettes. Well, I definitely don't know the latter, All right, good,
0: you should.